because running a business is, is not easy. And, 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 you know, as complacent Americans, which I can't lie to you, there's a majority of, we want the easiest thing. That's yeah. why we stay employed. That's why we want to be in employed function. I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. Um, I think we call this the rat race, right? <laughs> I, and you know, once you, you're laughing, but this is why business owner, that's, this is why Google, Microsoft, Facebook are so huge. I don't want to be an owner. I want to be a software developer. Great. You can be a software developer. I'm going to pay you a salary to develop software that's going to make me 50 times as much. Hey, everybody. This is your co-host, Jason Madden. Welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast, where we do just that. Doing the thing to help you overcome procrastination and build a legacy of wealth and success in your relationships, career, and business. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. Uh, very excited about today's session. And I'm joined, as always, by my buddy and co-host, Jason Madden. How's it going, Jason? Good, man. How's everybody doing? Ba-bam. And Ba-bam. I am excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Leroy Simpson from Connect.io. And we're going to dive deep into not just what the organization's about, but also we're going to explore some really compelling questions and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Who knows? I mean, it could happen, right, guys? Couldn't happen. I agree. Definitely could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, honored to have you. See, it's already getting contagious. <laughs> um, if you wouldn't mind, I think it's good to start by kind of introducing yourself and what it is that you do and what brought us together. Certainly, no problem. So, uh, again, uh, I'm Dr. Leroy Simpson, and what I am is an industrial organizational psychologist, uh, which is a psychology that's used to diagnose or explore relationships with work business and careers. So what a ther- what you would see a therapist for, right? Uh, for example, if you're having marital problems um, or kind of personality problems, um, things like that, you would go see, you know, a counselor or a marriage therapist. You would see me for work and business problems, uh, mm-hmm. getting more clients, uh, putting together better training, um, job hunting, uh, understanding how your boss uh, gives out work, uh, building a business, uh, building a client network. And I can go on and on and on, but we are those business partners that apply work and people science to create better companies. And it's an exciting role because, you know, our work is always, I would say, never ending. It, we, yeah. I look at the whole work paradigm and my partnership with a business owner or a employee would be, how can I make you successful at what you do? You know, you like selling ice cream cones. How can we successfully sell ice cream cones? You're laughing. I'm very serious. It's like I'm that's laughing at you because you're in Illinois, aren't you? Like it's, it's uh, snowing there, isn't it? No, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. So I'm still getting used to. You know, we have a spring, summer, fall, and winter. Yeah. St. Louis has a, a hot uh, two weeks of spring, maybe one or two weeks of fall, and everything is winter until May. So why'd so you pick ice cream, cream cones? I know, I know, but you know, you can enjoy them inside from what I hear. So, you know, we got very good eaters here. So ice cream is a year round food and also a daily food. So uh, there's no judgment here, man. I appreciate oh, it. now we're Thank getting into so. Jason's diet. 
<laughs> it's bulking season, all right? It's it's time to get big. <laughs> That's one way to do it, but, you know, I don't know if it goes to the areas you're trying to get bigger. Mostly. <laughs> Go with that. I, I'm going to so leave that alone. Okay, Jason, see me for a personal session after. <laughs> you digress. You were talking about whether or not, you know, if you're in the ice cream cone business or whatever it may be, Please go on. So basically, whatever business that you are in, whatever uh, work that you want to do, you come to me and we explore that paradigm. Because a lot of professionals either have coaches, which are very much essential and very critical. And I and I do actually go into coaching. But do you have that? Do you have that? partner, if you will, to help you psychologically get ready to own a business or for a promotion. I mean, for example, uh, you, the company may say you are ready for a promotion. You're ready to be a business manager. But if you were everybody's friend in the department and, you know, you used to go on beer runs or you used to, you know, go to places after work that you shouldn't be, and all of a sudden now you're the manager and now you've got to say, oh, no, we can't do that anymore. And then all of a sudden the relationships you've built for years have now deteriorated because you're promoted. Are you ready for that? And even more so, even in business ownership, you're, you're tired. You know what? You're tired of going through the nine to five. You, you do a function all day. You put together widgets. How exciting is that? You test out baby powder or you're on an <laughs> assembly line. <laughs> I mean, just just mind-numbingly well, doing work. How exciting is that? And then you're finally saying, you know what? I, I want to go into business for myself. Well, obviously, the insane thing would be to do was just go online, go look up uh, any business you can buy one for forty or fifty thousand dollars. But who has that lying around? And I'm actually going to go into that later. But it's 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 a scary thing to go at it alone, and especially even before you get to the business coach, it's like, do you want to do that? So you come to me essentially, and just like a counselor would to personal problems, we sit talk for hours or an hour, and we just hash out those challenges in your mind you know sometimes really and it, you know it's a very kind of simple idea the average person is either worried about the past which makes them depressed or worried about the future which makes them anxious right. so in business no one's worried about present exactly and, and you know what if you, when you're worried about the present you're actually in a peaceful <laughs> mindset because you're living the now you're not worried about tomorrow and you're not worried about what happened yesterday so really in that center, in kind of that center of peace, my goal is to get you there work-wise. My goal is to, you know, get you to that focal point of drive and motivation to the point to where, you know, Philip and Jason, like somebody is begging you to come and show them how to navigate this economy that we have. Because you know what, why I love the United States is the fact that you, me, and Philip, we can go anywhere, invest in anything, and be successful. And, and you know, there's no stopping us. I mean, obviously, you can't lie, cheat, steal in business, but wink. But, um, sure but about that, uh, the, for the sake of the conversation, and children might be watching this, yes. So, um, <laughs> so really, when we look at kind of that, the, the IO psychology partner to it, I just get your mindset ready to put all your knowledge, experiences, competencies, uh, abilities, uh, drive, and motivation. I put all that together to accomplish your work, career, or business goal. Beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, I know your organization is big and growing, and you have uh, 
folks, more than two dozen across multiple industries and expertise areas. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to explore that a little bit too. But let's start talking about, um, and maybe, you know, we're going to approach this lightly, but it's a serious topic, right? People are in, you know, unprecedented times right now. Um, Jason and I work with a lot of people who are in career transition. They've been furloughed, they've been laid off, or they're concerned about those things happening. And what sometimes we don't take stock of that someone like you absolutely would is we're sometimes afraid to raise our hand up and say, hey, you know what, I need a little bit of help, right? Mm -hmm. um, and because of that resistance, we don't self-identify and get the kinds of resources that are most helpful. So when you think of when, you know, Listeners that may be listening may have some 2 a.m. wake-up call kinds of issues, things that mm -hmm. they don't want to, but at 2 a.m. they wake up out of a dead sleep and they're like, oh, my God, and it starts rolling through their mind and mm -hmm. now they're ticking off the hours, they're not sleeping and all those types of things. Um, and that can be loss of jobs, savings decline, future changes. What thoughts do you have for them, doctor? Wow. Honestly... There's one word that truly comes to mind uh, when I think about those things, and it's called trust. Now, what do I mean by trust? What do I mean by um, having, having that trust within yourself? Very rarely, we don't ask ourselves two questions. Question number one, do I trust myself? Do I trust myself to get through what I'm getting through? And number two, am I happy? We're so programmed. I mean, think about when you went to school last. I mean, when we entered into college and universities, right? We're programmed to do one thing. You know, we do work, we get a grade. We do a job, we get paid. So right from Jump Street, we're worried about somebody else's business in a functional manner. And the fear that we have is that are we going to allow them are, are the, is the business going to keep me and am i worried about saying the wrong thing am i worried about doing the wrong thing did i get that last data set out did i put together that widget right did i talk to the boss nice enough to where he or she's not going to write me up <laughs> all of, I, I, you know what i'm giving jason flashbacks almost he's like <laughs> i want to respond to this so bad he's twitching, but, <laughs> I'm, he's twitching over there twitching. but the thing is is that you, we have to sit down and really just take a breather. Like Jason said, the present. Right when you said 2 a.m., oh, I should have thought about something, we immediately get ourselves into a state of depression. Like, oh, I should have did this right. When in all honesty, you did, number one, what you could, what you could first of all. Unless you have in your heart malicious intention to injure somebody's life, limb, or liberty. And I'm kind of getting out of a little bit of IO in a second, but... If you if it was malicious mal malcontent that you did, then that's one thing. But if you tried your best that you said what you could and did what you could, we don't give ourselves enough credit for that. We and again, that's a symptom of worrying about somebody else's business instead of worrying about, well, what's my future? You know, do mm -hmm. I trust myself to give myself a good future? Do I am I happy doing what I'm doing or am I doing just enough to keep my job? That's what should be keeping you up at night. You know, what, what, what's next? You know, how am I going to build my, my future? You know, it, because a, a job can end at any moment. 
No matter, no matter what space, what sector you are, no matter how skilled of an employee you are, that job could end at any moment. No one is like be held to you, you know, contractually to keep you there. And if they were, they'll figure it out. If they can't use you anymore, they'll figure out a way out. So how do you kind of build your own legacy for, for you and your family? You know, that's what you should be thinking about. And, and that's, that's why I like these kinds of conversations so much because this gets re people really kind of wound up in my opinion. And I like what you said about trust, you know, that's where most people I work with kind of come into having some issues. Like maybe it's not, not trusting their coach or trusting a franchise system or something like that, that's not going to work, but it's trusting them to be able to do the things that they need to do in that business in order to make that successful. And a lot of that is a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, you know, self-discipline mm -hmm. and, and some people, they don't know if they have that yet and, and it scares the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. did you and, just use the s word yeah i did yeah damn this is an adult podcast for adult people <laughs> <laughs> with adult thoughts um, <laughs> thank you um so i also want to respond to jason's comment as well so honestly we don't think about our future we think about and this is where the business partnership comes in see there are two there are two models I want to, I want to show here. Um, model number one, the only thing that he's right, the only thing that should keep you up at night is when you have the title owner, partner, or investor. If you don't have any of those three titles, you're a function. Wow. And that is the stone cold truth. Hey, it's the stone cold truth. But not many of us see that because we're enamored with these titles um, I'm going to tell you a personal story, actually. So when I first went in my early to mid twenties, I was so enamored with becoming an IO psychologist. So anything with organizational development and organizational change management, I was so excited and wanted to, to be that title, but unknowingst to me, I never wanted to know the business that I was, uh, and get and be better at that business because the 1% who own the business get better at the business. And this is where the title owner and the partner comes in. They get to make the business decisions. They get to set the tone of the company. They get to transfer the journey and they get to decide how much human capital they need at the time for the business to function. So um, from an, from a uh, IO psychologist perspective, it's like if I wanted to look at my future, do I want to be a business partner or do I want to be a business function? Because those are your options. If you want to be a business partner, that means one of two ways. Way number one, go apply for uh, a vice president, senior vice president, or executive vice president, or be on the board. That's number one. Apply for those opportunities, which is not impossible. You just got to be in this country. It's just You have to be at the right place at the right time. Or option two, be an owner. There is nothing telling you to say, if you, especially if you're good at your job and you're client-facing, oh, that is such power that you are, lots of people, especially sales and marketing people, are very much unaware of. Like, let's go back to our ice cream example. If you have three businesses that buy ice cream from this distributor, and you know those people well enough, and one of them says, you know what? Man, you just, I like dealing with you, man. You make things easy. You make the process easy. You know, if you start your own business, I'd buy from you. 
I can't. I, I don't know about other people, but the, a light bulb would go off in my head and say, "I need to start." My own. I, I need to start my own because, see, in business, and this is why I get cutthroat. See, in business, there is no, there's no slavery in business. If I start my own business and three of those guys like me for the work that I did, and I made your company money, well, then I'm going to take those three guys and I'm going to be your competitor. But we shouldn't be afraid to compete, Jason. I, I think that's the number one reason why I go into business psychology, because you cannot be have a fear of competition. But I think what people are afraid of is, is, is that cash flow. It's like I'm going from making a paycheck of $6, I mean, I'm sorry, $6, $600.43. Right. I know, right? <laughs> Minimum wage. <laughs> so if I'm making a, a paycheck of $600 every week, Man, that's guaranteed. Um, that's 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 my God. I, I gotta have that. You know, that's paying my bills. And that's another thing. We're worried about paying some other water utility, other electric utility, who's probably making mortgages. Let's let's not get started there. We're worried about satisfying their accounts instead of worrying about our own future. You know, where we can have just three clients, and that could twenty percent of the clients paying eighty percent of the bills. So. Back to our ice cream example, if we have, let's say each of those clients were paying 2000 a month for ice cream distributorship. And of course, you know, that's before taxes, you got to pay, you know, your um, profit and loss and uh, accounts receivable and all of that. And let's say just for the sake of the argument, you end up with 1200 Let's say all those expenses equal to $800. Well, you got three clients that are paying you $1,200. That's 3600 a month that you're making and you are only making 600 a week. So you and you're only satisfying three clients. So my message here is that a business, if you take control of your future, not wanting to cap go resort to capitalism, which I think is another hypnotic farce that everybody's so enamored with and needs to get away from. If you are able to just get three clients that pay the majority of the bills and you're set really. And this is what why insurance agents are so smart. They don't need to go out and, and find eight, nine, 10, 12 people. If they sell, let's say, the, the, one of the more expensive policies, and I'm not implying anything here, one of the more expensive policies is an IUL, right? So an IUL usually pays between twelve and 2000 a client. And residuals are like maybe all of uh, eleven to 1000 If you find three clients, that's 3000 a month. You can just sit on your behind. As long as those clients pay out the policy, that's it. I could stop there. I can take that money on vacation. I can get out of my bed at 10 o'clock look at the Facebook, go back to bed at 12. I can go play video games, run on a beach, you know, avoiding COVID, of course. But that's the thing. We, we, we scale entirely way too much without thinking of the bigger picture here. It's like yeah. all I need is a financial goal that will pay my bills. Yeah, I have a question, though. I have a question. Do you think everybody should have that title? Should they all have either the title owner, partner, or investor? Do you think somebody might be more better suited to be what was the what was the term for an employee? Function. Do you think they'd be better suited? A function, right? So, so what's um, is that part of your process too? Is helping people decide, you know, what side of the coin they they might lie on? Because in my experience, a lot of people, not everybody, is suited to be a business owner. It's just not in their DNA. And sometimes people just absolutely have to have some of that purpose, direction, and motivation coming from somebody else rather than from within. Yeah, very true. That, that's a very good question. So my answer to that is, in, in, is a couple of things. Number one, 
let's look at the term title, right? And let's get rid of the term title. And let's replace that with mindset. Because I think too often that we get hung up on titles and I will titles, titles to human beings are what is what cheese is to mice. Delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Delicious. And, and you know what? That's why cheese are put on mousetraps. <laughs> so, like like in, 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 so in, in my scope, in my scope of thought here, it's like, is everybody built to run a business? No. Because running a business is, is not easy. And, 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 you know, as complacent Americans, which I can't lie to you, there's a majority of, we want the easiest thing. That's yeah. why we stay employed. That's why we want to be in employed function. I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. Um, I think we call this the rat race, right? I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. I do work, I get paid. <laughs> I, and, you know, once you... You're laughing, but this is why business owner, that's, this is why Google, Microsoft, Facebook are so huge. I don't want to be an owner. I want to be a software developer. Great. You can be a software developer. I'm going to pay you a salary to develop software that's going to make me 50 times as much. <laughs> yeah. But you get to be a software developer. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. And what is a software developer? A title. Yeah. Yeah. A title. So as far as business ownership is concerned, let, let's explore business ownership. Who said I had to own a brick and mortar business? I don't have to go out there and buy a restaurant to sell ice cream. Don't I? I just don't. Yeah, I can have a mo cart. Exactly. Freaking backpack. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly though. And my, but my scope here is like, okay, I got three and I, you know, one of them good backpacks too, one of them frozen, keep things frozen. Oh yeah, backpacks. yeah, it's gotta be a Yeti or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I want to sell, I got three vanilla packs of ice cream. I want to sell them at $30 each. So I go out and sell, and I haven't even introduced my earnings to hours formula. That's going to really blow your mind. But <laughs> I go out and sell, and I find three customers that pay 30 bucks. I made 90 bucks that day. I could stop because I've sold my three packs, or I can go home and sell three more packs and so on and so forth. See, I think because man has blown up so many things, like, you know, we take things and we want to make them professional, like, you know, there's professional curling, there's professional marketing, there's professional this, there's professional that, there's certification this. Even in coaching, coaching used to be a freelance kind of business to where one individual had a conversation with another individual, except one individual was successful, and another individual is being mentored by a successful individual. Now there's a coaching federation, which I don't think anything's wrong with that, but I think we conceptualize titles and certifications entirely way too much. So do I believe people can have the title business owner? No. But do I believe people can have the mindset of a business owner? Absolutely. It, but a partner, let's go to the second one, being a partner. So let's say I don't want the... I don't want the headache of having to go out and sell this ice cream by myself. I want another guy that's better at talking to people. Let's say this guy's got the gift of gab. You know, he calls attention to himself and he's like, you know, uh, he's good at, you know, selling people sweet things. Well, hmm, maybe I can, and I'm good at buying the ice cream. So I see, uh, I go to uh, the shop and safe. Uh, they're out of, I think they're out of business in St. Louis, but I go to shop and say, buy ice cream for $15, uh, and they're not expensive, but I, you know, this is Ben and Jerry's. So I take Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Good stuff. Buy the $15. <laughs> You're a good man. So you buy the Ben and Jerry's ice cream for 15 bucks, and you go to the, uh, the partner and say, look, 
can you sell this ice cream for 30 bucks? We're going to make a $15 profit and I will split the difference with or, or split the profit. All right. So this guy goes out and sells instead of three packs of ice cream, he sells nine. Right. So whatever, uh, or it's 10, let's just make it an even number. So that's $150. So I take in 75 for me purchasing ice cream. He gets 75 for doing this thing. And that's a partnership. Yep. Playing to right? each other's strengths. Exactly. Third thing, which is the investor. You know, and I, I think this kind of reminds me of you. I'm thinking, you know, like you get out of bed. Here, kid, here's 200 bucks. I want 230 when you come back. See, that's the Warren Buffett method. The Warren Buffett, which is, you know, he's one of my favorite people to read about, is that he goes into a situation, but he doesn't just throw money at it like we just buy stocks and bonds or stocks and, you know, funds. He goes buys stock in the company, but he goes, says, uh, the manager better do good. The leader better do good. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in either firing everybody or I'm coming in, uh, training everybody. So he wants to make sure his investment turns out positive. So to be an investor, you can give, I can give, uh, two kids 50 bucks and say, look, you go, I don't care what you do with it, but I want my 50 bucks to turn into 75 bucks. So those kids and I, so you buy all the supplies, you do all, you buy all the training, you buy the necessary resources for this to happen, but you don't run the business. You just simply put capable people, uh, which is teamwork is a, you know, teamwork and team building is a big part of IO psychology. You put in the work, uh, the people and the resources, you create the system that goes out there and sells ice cream. And you are simply just putting those resources together in an engine type fashion or systemic fashion to run and make your and double, triple, or quadruple your investment. Now with expectations. Exactly. Exactly. So the fourth thing, which is a function. Maybe you're just the type of guy to be like, you know what? I just want to make some money and pay my bills. Which not to say that that's a bad thing, because I really want to make that clear. But it's an entrapment thing. Because while you have that mindset, I can guarantee you the owner of business owners take full advantage of that. Oh, all you want to do is be sell ice cream? Great, no problem. I'll give you six bucks for every ice cream that you sell, but I'm making 46 bucks off of your efforts. Yep. It's business. I'm going to take, I'm, I'm telling you, the human capital uh, um, um, subject matter, the human capital subject matter is something seriously to be taken in consideration because you know what? That is just answering business. You know, they need an accountant, you put in for an accountant. They need a uh, salesperson, you put in for a salesperson. Need a social media manager, you put in for a social media manager. Oh, and by the way, business is going slow. I can't afford these things anymore. I don't have any need. Uh, adios. Don't let the doorknob hit you with a good Lord split you. Then, um, <laughs> <laughs> feel free to exactly. use that one, gentlemen. Wow. And then when you know I work, I get money. Turns in, I don't work, I don't get money. I go search for a new job and repeat, rinse and repeat, mm -hmm. and it goes over and over again. You know, I don't yeah, think yeah. anybody has a job where they're in there for 20 plus years anymore, unless they're government service. Yeah. 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 We call that the treadmill and what ends up happening sometimes, and we don't even realize we're doing it is we step on this treadmill. We're running fast. We're running fast, but we're really not moving anywhere. We're not getting ahead. We're still in the same place we started at. And then one day the belt snaps and the treadmill stops. And what do we do? We hop on the next treadmill, right? I've got to get that security. I've got to get that paycheck. So let's explore that a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Our organization keeps stats. We find that 
75% of people have a strong desire to be self-sufficient, and only about 5% of people actually take steps towards learning about what their options may be. And why is that? Um, it's fear of risk. It's fear of security. It is those baggage points that we carry into situations. It's those perceptions. It can sometimes be anecdotal. We're sitting, if we could sit next to somebody at a bar and they tell us that they had a business and they lost all their money, we hear that and we go, businesses lose money. And that's as far as we go, right? Mm-hmm. But the realities are... Um, you have to step back and, and think about what are you trying to accomplish? And that should include income goals, and that's meeting immediate needs. It should include lifestyle goals. I can be with my family. I have flexibility in my schedule. It should include wealth building, right? What do I want to grow this multiplier potential into? And it should involve equity, right? It, it, businesses are saleable assets. If you build them up, if they grow your wealth, multiply the revenue, they become a saleable asset. So what are you hoping to accomplish not today, but across the long term. And then how do you address and mitigate career risks and other kinds of things, be it age and wage discrimination in the workforce, yeah. concern about future displacement, you know, and that should be the lens that you look at a business opportunity with, right? You should take that into it and compare every possibility against that lens. And those things that glow through that lens are viable for you. They resonate for you, right? So, what are the other kinds of things in your experience, Dr. Leroy, that uh, prevent people from taking those first steps to be open-minded and learn? Wow. I mean, honestly, it really, that, that treadmill example that you proposed, Philip, I think that's, that speaks volumes. You know, looking at the human mind, um, yeah, are you too, well, let me ask this. Are you too familiar with how deers operate? Yeah. You know, a deer operates on a path. You know, da, 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 I get food, da, 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 I go to the den. Da, 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 I get food, da, 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 I go to the den. And so on and so forth. <laughs> why, do you think, why do you think hunters are so good at hunting deer? They're Because I'm going to wait for you to cross that path again, and obviously you're not going to deviate from it, so I, I got you. So in that case, why do, what, 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 what do we worry about? Like, you know, stepping out of our career getting cans, stepping out in business. We're so used to thinking, and we've been trained to think that the job is the only way out and it's the safest way, that we're not going to, we're not, we're not, um, edu- we're not bred, I don't want to use the word bread, but we're, we're not trained to take risks at all. Yeah, we're, con- we're, we're not- conditioned to go towards that stability. Yeah, Perceive- exactly. Perceive- all day, every day. Perceive- you know, we're, like, let me ask you this. Uh, I mean, we, we, you all, the three of us live in pretty nice houses, right? You know, we, we got, we got a nice house. Which one of us will go out to our backyard, build a tent, and we know the forecast is going to be rainy or snowy? Which one of us would do that? Quickly. Oh, not me. Not me. My dear little wife kicks me out into the shed. If that, if that's the case, I'll be in the shed. That's right. I'm out exactly. to build a tent. <laughs> exactly. The shed is built. The shed is built, right? None of us are going to go out, build a tent, and sleep outside in the weather. Now, now you know what? Here's the caveat to that. So if, let's just say, one of us did, and, you know, our tent that we built survived a very nasty snowstorm or a very nasty rainstorm. We stayed dry. uh, You know, none of our supplies got messed up. And we have experience in that area. So now, guess what we can do? We can go coach other people 
on how that experience is. And now, bada bing, we just built a survival business. Just that simple. Because we took the risk of going outside in our out of our big four or five bedroom houses. And we took that risk and we, we decided, hey, we did something that nobody could do before. So suppose that somebody having their house fumigated. Suppose uh, somebody wants to show their daughter or son how camping outside is and the elements of it. Well, we've done that before. And, and you know, I just started a business right there. And all I got to do is do put together a webinar or, or, uh, or a training to show that. Maybe connect with a vendor that I made my materials from and say, look, look, vendor, for every customer I get, I get uh, 60% of the business. And I just built a business enterprise right off the top of my head. Yeah. But none of us are going to do that because, no, I shouldn't say none of us, but we don't take risks. And that's why I say kind of talking with me as a business partner, as, you know, as exploring our psychology, is I sit with you and I look at those risks. It's like, well, why don't you want to take risks? Because if I didn't know the answer. Then the second thing is, what's your driving motivation? I mean, do you want, I'm going to ask you a candid question. Do you want to take orders from somebody all day? That has to annoy you. You're not able to give your own ideas. You're not able to try anything. All I want you to do is put these widgets together. That's it. All I want you to do is sell my product or service. That's it. All I want you to do is park cars as my valet. That's it. I didn't ask you to give car tips. I didn't ask you to say what kind of wax you need on, my, on, on the customer's car. Why are you doing that? Because you're disrupting my business. Yep. You're disrupting my revenue when you do stuff. I don't need you to think outside the box. Let me ask you this. And Phil, I know, I know you asked me a question, but I want to ask you a common question. What is the difference between a copy machine, enterprise software, and the director of sales and marketing? <laughs> Why'd you have to pick on me is my answer. Because uh, you're, you're, you're the smart one. That's what Jason said. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they all exist. That's... Okay. That, that's a good answer. So the second question. They're all working You're for the downsizing. boss, man. Huh? <laughs> They're all working for the boss. <laughs> and that's even better. They're all working for the boss. Okay, Jason, I need to downsize. Uh, my, my bank account's getting kind of low. Who should I, who or what should I get rid of first? Sales thing, because I need the software. You would get rid of the sales thing? That is surprising. So you would get rid of your, your, your sales asset or your software asset before you would get rid of the director of sales. That is an interesting concept. You know what that shows? That shows you put more value in human talent than uh, the machines. You should. That is that is an excellent. I'm glad this is being recorded because that that's brilliant. That is human. Is your wife a psychologist? Yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <she kinda> is. <laughs> but a normal answer would be in a downsizing question. If you're a bigger corporation, you would get rid of the director of sales. Because of the salary. Yeah. Exactly. Your cop let's see, let's take a look at a copy machine, for example. So what does a copy machine do with copies? You run the paper through, it, you dial how many copies it needs, it does its job, it doesn't require health insurance, it doesn't require days off, it doesn't require vacation, it requires none of that above. And neither does the enterprise software, which is has even more value, to be honest, because the customer already bought the, the, the company already bought it for you know, $260,000 to implement it all over the world, right? I'm not getting rid of that because I've already sunken money into it. 
You know, I mean, they probably the, created jobs around that too. So I probably made a bad choice of getting rid of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it you're not the business. You're not a business like tyrant. You're like a, you actually care about people, which is, a, which is um, not commonplace, but you would get rid of the salary person because as an employer, that's too much for me to maintain. I got to pay you health insurance. I got to let you have days off. I, you know, I, you got to be fed. You got to be clothed. And you see, that's how the human capital mindset thinks. I mean, it's no, that director of sales is no different from the copy machine because both of those go onto the balance sheet. And when the business needs to make cuts, it's going to go to the balance sheet. It's not going to go to the director of sales and say, hey, Fred, uh, you know, cold and analytic. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's business. I, I don't need to talk to you, Fred. Uh, we're downsizing. Pack up your desk and go. And that and you know, Jason's right. That could be tomorrow. That could be next week. Could be next month. Could be in the next uh, two hours. They're already making this decision. By the time they walk by your door, it's already been made. Yeah. So it's like commonplace. Why wouldn't you want to start your own business? Or better still, why wouldn't you want to own business? So I want to stay, I want to change the concept to start your own to actually owning business, not owning a business, owning business, right? So we, we have to get out of this mindset of wanting to be taken care of and just go out there and do it. But nobody's, again, asking us to, now, now that was an extreme example of the tent, but nobody's asking us to take unnecessary risks. You know, nobody's asking us to pet. Go ahead. There's, there's a key difference there too, because there's a business owner and there's an entrepreneur. A business right. owner is somebody that methodically creates, well, not necessarily creates, but operates something, a system. An entrepreneur is the risk taker. That's the guy or gal that's going out there and they're doing some crazy wild inventions. <laughs> they're the Ubers, they're the Airbnb folks and stuff like that. They're taking risks. And a business owner is actually not somebody that's risky not taking those big risks or taking those cold calculated maneuvers to make themselves a nice, like that, like what Phil said, income, lifestyle, wealth, equity mm -hmm. goals, all that kind of stuff. Entrepreneur right. is a lifestyle. And as mm -hmm. there's a two, there's a big main difference. And I wanted to actually point that out because that was a really good point that you made owning business as a pair compared to being a business owner. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, that, and, that, and you know what, actually that's a good thing. So let me talk about behavior from a psychological point of view with that. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. So again, taking the example of the entrepreneur who's willing to take the risks, which, you know what, I, I agree that everybody should have some type of entrepreneurial thing going on. Like, my God, it's like nobody said you had to just work your nine to five job. Because they have some type of creativity in your life. Exactly. Say if you just want to own a website that uh, does, I don't know, currency conversion and you charge a buck for a currency conversion. Uh, but literally, and you have every, you got traffic going to your site doing currency conversion, that's income. You just created an income stream for yourself. Now, it's a dollar, but you know, it's a dollar that you earn. It's a dollar that you don't have to split with anybody. It's a dollar that came off of your creativity. It's a dollar that you don't, you look around and say, you know what? I made this. That's a heck of an accomplishment, you know, and risk taking is something that we cannot fear because that's how the Googles, the Facebooks, the 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 um, the Microsoft, that's how they got started. You know who I admire the most, as an, even in IO psychology, the person I admire the most is Elon Musk. 
I love that guy. He's I, awesome. The guy Still has a Tesla. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I, I should be over. I mean, let me just bow to Phil for a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I admire him because Elon says, screw it. I'm doing it. We're going to Mars, whether you all like it or not. Build the Hyperloop. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> laughing at him. Everybody's making fun of him. Everybody's calling him crazy. And you know what? That's why I like risk-taking because you get to see – what humans are truthful to you. You get to see who's the weak-minded humans and who's the strong-minded humans. The weak-minded humans who don't know any better, and I'm just going to be honest, they like to stay safe. They take no risks. When It's impossible to go to Mars. It, that's, that's not something that's going to happen. I don't want to waste my money with that. Good luck to you. The strong-minded are the innovators and be like, you know what? There's a way. I know you got a good way to do this. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's do it. And I don't care how many times we fail, we're going to get this accomplished. And that, that's the entrepreneur. That's, yeah. you know what? Like, if there's a shred of possibility there, I want to be a part of it. Ex exactly. And I, you know what? Those people I crave off of. I, I, I love those people. And that's why I like Elon Musk so much. He invented PayPal. He, he defied banks. He defied car automakers. And now he's going to defy NASA. Because he said, I'm going to do this whether you all like it or not. And, and you know what? You see who your true friends are. And that's why I say everybody cannot hang with everybody. And, and you know what? One of the biggest mistakes is that we tend to hang around human beings that, that aren't risk takers. And I'm telling you, misery just loves company in that sense. You can't talk about owning, owning your own or going out into your own. And you hang around those who, who love to clock in and clock out. And you know what? To be honest with you, the more corporate that you get, the worse that situation does get for you because you're going to be so much more closer because one day you're going to be a vice president. You're going to be a senior vice president when you're 69 to 73 years that old. tasty but title. I, the hypno title, I'm telling you. But an IO standpoint, so I, it's kind of a shameless plug here, is that talking to uh, an IO psychologist would vet out that fear, that risk. Like we would measure the risk. You know, we, and then once we know what your risk point is, then we'd be like, okay, here are some mental steps and some behavioral activities you can take to increase your risk. Because you know what? I believe in crawl, walk, and run, right? I don't believe, you know what? No, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell you, you need to sell your house and buy an ice cream truck. I'm not going to tell you, you need to take your, um, you need to take the truck, the Tahoe truck that you just bought for $78,000 and go do Uber and put a lot of miles on it within three months. That would make no sense. What I am going to tell you is sit with me for 30 days, 30 days. And what we're going to do is we're going to take you really through a, in a counseling session and we're going to explore what actions do you or behaviors do you feel comfortable or decisions even that you feel comfortable making and increase your risk risk tolerance. I would encourage you to look that up, look you to look that up. Risk aversion and risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. That will help you to understand psychologically why more people are afraid to lose than more brave to win. It's beautiful. We've actually touched on that um, in one of the past podcasts and, uh, you know, got into a couple other concepts we'll talk about offline because that might be something we explore in one of our next sessions. Uh, for everyone listening, we do intend on having Dr. Leroy back. This has been engaging and fun and most importantly, very insightful. And so we talk about this risk thing for a moment and 
you know, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Mm -hmm. Does it really make sense to be even discussing entrepreneurship? And the answer to that question has to be, if it puts you in more control of your career, your finances, and your future, then hell yes, we do. We should be looking at it, right? And that's a question everybody has to ask themselves. Pandemic or not, what's going to put you in the most control now over your career, your income, your life, and your future? Yep. Yeah, we hold ourselves back. I mean, we always say it's not the right time. I mean, we can use any situate, any excuse or situation to say it, but you know what it is the right time is when you say it is. When you tell yourself, yes, it's the right time. And that could be any. You got to get over that mental hurdle, you know? Mm. Um, Dr. Leroy, I, I, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but I want you to I want to plant this seed with the audience and with you for next time we chat. Okay. Helping business owners after the fact. You're already starting a business. Do you know the statistic for startup businesses and failure? It's like, what, 78, probably higher percentage? Depends on them failing in the first two to three years. Depends on the industry. Um, how do we build resilience to get through that first year, two years of our businesses so that we can continue to be sustainable? Because that's where most people stop because they get to the hard point in their business and they quit. They, they don't see money coming in and it's not instant gratification and, and, and they quit. So that's maybe something we could talk about next time. To give a nugget of inspiration of that, um, honestly, this is, this is why players have coaches, right? Mm -hmm. uh, take the Miami Heat and the Lakers, for example. Miami Heat, where it was in a championship with the underdogs in the championship and they didn't win, right? So do you think the mind all everybody say, you know what, I don't want to play ball. I'm done. All 15 players just walk off and quit, right? That doesn't happen. <laughs> Why? Pro card. Yeah, because, well, other than the million-dollar contracts, they don't, have, they don't have a coach with them. Like, when you start up something, you need you, – I would more implore – if it's not even an IO psychologist, I would implore to almost beg to see a therapist maybe every week or every other week. So you humans need that reinforcement. They need that uh, strategy person or that partner. That's, but this is where IO is a little bit more, um, more of a partnership. They need that partner to be like, okay, we didn't make, we were supposed to make $40,000 in two months. We only made 26. All right. What's happening here? What, what is the exploration we need to do? Mm -hmm. You know, are we not solving enough problems? Are we not reaching enough people? Are we not serving the markets well? There's, but who is there with them to do that? Because most, uh, most startups are more focused on their idea than actually going out and connecting right. with them. They're in love with you their need, idea. Yeah. You need a good team. You need the very best team, but you also need that reinforcement, that leadership. And the, the person that built the, uh, built the startup should not be that person. Why? Because they're going to be focused on getting the idea out. They can't split brain themselves and be like, okay, I got to get the idea out, but I got to motivate everybody. But I got to get the idea out and got to motivate everybody. They can't do that. So they're going to need somebody. And this is where IO comes in as a great partner. They're going to need IOHR to actually, it could be multifaceted. IO being the fact that, hey, I'm your partner there. I'm, um, um, you're going to do this. Let's figure out what's wrong. Let's build some crucial relationships. Let's uh, build more team members. Let's do a value proposition. They're going to need that people partner 
to help them to not only with the external stakeholders, which is the markets that they serve, but the internal stakeholders to keep the mean, keep the team drive and keep the team drive up and keep the motivation going. So drive and motivation are very critical in those startup stages. 100%. And uh, just a quick qualifier. So that 78% fail rate, that leans in the direction of starting your own restaurant, uh, buying your own restaurant. And it's very industry specific. It's, you know, getting into the 50% fail rate for a startup business in consulting and some other areas. Um, Mm -hmm. Franchises have much more secure performances. In fact, we commonly work with brands that have significant retention rates. It's on the almost 100%. Yeah. So, you know, the question becomes, hey, if you're an entrepreneur and you have this moonshot idea, yeah, maybe you should go pursue that, right? You know that there's a high fail rate. You also know there's the Elon Musk money out there, right, for those great ideas. If you want to leverage some of that potential risk that startup has, there are other models that can get you where you're trying to get to and exponentially grow. So I did want to throw that qualifier out. Thank you. Thank you. I I was kind of getting everybody a little discouraged there with that statistic, but it's not all doom and gloom. No, it's true for startups, not necessarily true for other models, right? So, you know, we've got about a minute left. This has been very, very engaging. And Dr. Leroy, I want to turn it back to you to just kind of talk about how people who might be inclined to want to talk to you, um, how they can reach you and what kinds of things you and the organization can help with. So um, how they can reach me is uh, go to the uh, Industrial Organizational Psychology website, uh, www.theconnectio.net. That is uh, where the directory is. So it has all kinds of tools on there. My my listing, I shouldn't call it profile, my listing is on there. Reach out to me. I have my email, chat, Calendly. Um, Schedule a one hour with me. Let's, Let's talk about it because, you know, it all begins with a conversation and it all begins with asking questions. You know, there is no money grab. You know, I don't have any connections to your wallet, but I do think that if you're interested in pursuing entrepreneurship, please start the conversation because that's one thing I cannot initiate for you. So go to the website, my email contact information is on there and reach me through Philip and Jason. Uh, they're two good guys that I met and deeply respect. And we're going to build some entrepreneurs. We are definitely going to go and start building. And by the way, to answer that question, there is nothing, there is not a better time to start a business than now. Bill Gates started Microsoft in a recession. And now that we're, now that people have been free from the rat race, now is the time to start. Now is the time. 100%. Couldn't be said better, man. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And as usual, like and share this. We are on YouTube. We're on all of your podcast platforms, so there's no excuse not to find us. Uh, Reach out to us if you like this content. Let us know what you think, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Our pleasure.